who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal, intersectional feminist perspective. Each Monday, I bring you a brand new full-length episode covering something from a wide variety of topics. And then every Friday, come meet up with me again for a mini What's in the News episode so you can stay up to date on everything that's going on in the world. Check out Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist wherever you get your podcasts. And Ray John. Welcome to Fireteam Chat, IGN's Destiny Show, and today we have an extra special show for you today. We have Ty Guy Travis joining the show Beyond as McCarthy. always. Paul Tassi is here. Paul, thank you for Hello joining there. us. Thanks and for having me. No problem at all. It's always excellent when you're on the show. And today's episode is going to be sort of a review conversation. Travis is the reviewer for IGN. Paul, of course, works over at Forbes. And Brian is really busy with production. He should be back next week. But um, as you know, some consoles launched, so Brian's got a lot going on there. But we're going to get right into it because off air, we were already starting to talk about <laughs> our impressions of the game. And let's just kick it off talking about PvP. Um, we're going to get to the campaign, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of other stuff, but we're going to start right with PvP because we were just talking about it off the air. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this right now. Stasis, as an ability, has changed PvP in potentially a negative way for Destiny's foreseeable future. I do not think PvP will ever be the same in Destiny. I think people wanted to change up, but here's my basic impression of the P... <laughs> EVP experience in Destiny 2 right now. It's just a game that's all about mo momentum, fluidity, movement, introducing a mechanic that literally freezes you in your place and then introducing that into the PvP sandbox. I never thought I'd say this. I'm going to eat crow on this one. PvP needs to needs to remove stasis and potentially be a whole separate mode. Like if, the, if this is the ex if this is the experience wow. that we can expect for the foreseeable future. And at first I thought I was being reactionary. I thought, you know, let's give it a while. Let's see if there's counters to stasis. There aren't 
really any that we found yet. So I'm really concerned about the future of PvP. One of my favorite modes in Destiny. I've been enjoying it for several seasons, getting better at PvP. And now this introduction of Stasis just... It doesn't shake things up in a good way. It shakes, th shakes things up in a scary way. When your game is all about momentum and movement and you destroy that, it's going to be a weird experience. Travis, on the review, let's hear from you about your impressions yeah. of how Stasis has affected PvP specifically. Yeah, so my review in progress is going live today. Obviously, the full review won't be until after the raid is out. But I do talk about PvP. I've played Crucible pretty extensively. It, to me, it's not that Stasis needs to be removed from PvP. It's that Stasis needs to be adjusted. And there's some stuff that I can't believe got into the game. I like I I'm convinced that they didn't even try playing Crucible when they released this content because Lars definitely did. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean yeah. I mean it it's it's crazy, man. Like uh like the the fact that you can freeze people out of their supers when they're like mid flight toward you is nuts to me. Like that seems like a, a glitch. Like you can freeze a flying titan who's doing like his thunder crash, you know, like in midair and then he just like drops to the ground. Uh you can with the warlock super <laughs> to be Yeah, fair. it is hilarious. It is hilarious. Uh but not balanced at all. No. With the warlock super, you can hurt people halfway across the map and through walls let me ask you a question do you need to use your super to freeze a super or can you use a grenade no, or just your grenade melee? to freeze somebody out of their super it, dude it's it's wild man there's so much stuff that just doesn't make sense and then just on a larger uh sense like the fact that the the darkness subclass the stasis subclass is the only one with all of those customization options it makes the other subclasses completely irrelevant you can't unlock those aspects uh that help you kind of min max you can't use any of those fragments uh you know just the options are way way uh kind of constricted on those other subclasses that that make it kind of silly so my major concerns are the super seam imbalance the fact that the warlock super can like destroy people through walls uh it, it seems like they didn't test it at all and the fact that you can use grenades and melees to freeze people while they're in their supers uh seems really imbalanced to me so yeah i, I definitely have some concerns about uh the current ecosystem in pvp uh, I don't think they need to take stasis out. I just think that they really need to rework uh, how some of these abilities operate because it's it's a little ludicrous. Paul, you haven't had a chance to hop into PvP yet. You've been focusing on story and campaign, correct? Yeah, uh, I have been watching Twitch a fair amount and seeing everyone kind of rage about it. And I mean, we knew this would happen. Like this, this is what people said from day one when we heard there was going to be an ice subclass introduced yeah. that would either slow you, which is not very fun at baseline based on all the things that can currently slow you or freeze you solid. And, and when they introduce that, we're like, okay, are you dead if you're frozen? And it turns out you're not dead, but you're really dead because if you're frozen for five seconds in PVP, you're going to die unless you've, you're around some corner and then someone takes out the person who froze you. Like it is almost certain death. So that makes so many things essentially one hit kills grenades, uh, a bunch of projectile melees, these mm -hmm. supers that can, that cancel out pretty much all other supers. And then even the grenades and melees can also cancel out other supers, as you said. So it's just, I, I, I'm kind of split between like, okay, they just need some tweaks and stasis should be removed from PVP because it's not even just like, oh, like this, this void grenade is overpowered and like, let's take three months to tune it. And like the usual kind of PVP problems. It's like 
the whole concept of stasis is antithetical to PVP. Like, as you said, it's all about mobility. And like, I'm thinking like, okay, what if everything that freezes you in PVE, like they change it so it just slows you and it won't take you out of your super and things like that. But even that's like not very fun. Then you just, instead of being frozen and dead, you're just very sluggish and also probably dead. So like the whole concept of this does not seem amazing for, you know, any sort of long-term PVP play. And like, I, I think, I'm sure they tested it to some degree, but I also think they probably ultimately decided on favoring PVE because it is a lot more fun uh, in PVE to use. Yes. Being frozen in PVE against bosses is still not the most fun experience uh, for, for many reasons, but it's better there. And like you understand why they put it in the game. So I'm, I'm guessing they were just kind of like, let's just see what happens. And what's happening is not good for the most part. So we now we have yeah. to see how they react to it. It's very concerning. For, for- yeah, it is really concerning. And the reason I think that they didn't really test it is just because if you look at the writing on the wall, I mean, there's no new game modes in Crucible. There's no new maps on Europa, which seems really bizarre. And, you know, pretty much all the other expansions have had Crucible maps added. It really seems like they ignored it. And now, now we know that, obviously, Trials of Osiris is being delayed indefinitely. I think that that's probably because of the stasis imbalances. I don't know how you fix it. It's that. not delayed indefinitely. It's delayed until the 27th. They the said 27. there was some specific issue, wasn't there? Witherhorde I mean, is what yeah. the, what popped up on the director today oh, okay. when you sign in. It says there's an issue with Witherhorde. Huh. Witherhorde. Well, the, the other issue was Which was disabled, by the way. I, I never saw the glitch. Did either of you guys see what's going on with Witherhorde? It was like killing people instantly or something with a pool. I, I That's what I heard or something Okay, like that. yeah, I'd rather know. be frozen first and then murdered. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. But well, another issue with Stasis that we haven't even touched on is the class isn't fully fleshed out yet. Like we don't know, I don't think we know how many aspects and fragments there are in total. Yeah. So like as bad as it is now, it could get even worse. Like with all this stuff, like I just unlocked the warlock one where if you shatter an enemy, it sends out ice spikes that seek out other enemies. Fun in PVE, in- insane in PVP. Like I'm, I'm, I've seen videos of it and it's like just coming around corners and like blowing people up. Like they, but you can't avoid it. You can't see it coming. It's, and I, I'm curious what else is going to happen. Gathalian had the best roast I think I've seen when they said, hey, we've delayed Trials of Osiris. He said, oh, so you've played PvP then. <laughs> uh, I was like, he's right. It's not a great experience. I have no idea what the Trials landscape is going to be like. Basically, if you go into PvP right now, uh, I don't feel like you can be competitive with the traditional supers. PvP has been one of the my favorite experiences in destiny 2 and it's gotten really really good like i feel like last season were pretty good like yeah we needed to change mountaintop and a few minor things but it was so close to being like a like the best experience that they could offer for destiny 2 and then they introduced stasis and not only has it changed pvp pvp will never be the same unless they disable stasis it will never, never be the same. And then we didn't even talk about sniper changes. Snipers are weird. I definitely feel like there's less, uh, less uh, assist, aim assist. aim assist. But I don't even know if that exists. That doesn't really exist on PC, I suppose. So it just like feels off. Problem. <laughs> yeah. It it yeah. it definitely feels different with the new scopes. Like I'm using a sniper I used all last season, and I was playing pretty well with it. And I'm just. It's it feels different, and I can't put my finger on what was changed exactly. I know they talked about it in the patch notes, but uh, that's odd for me too. So anyway, that's sort of our our take on PvP. Travis, any any final thoughts about the PvP landscape? 
I mean, we'll see what happens with trials. You said I, I, when I, I didn't even look into the trials delay because as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, it's got to be because Crucible's a dumpster fire, right? If yeah. it's something related to Wither Horde and not Stasis, that is bonkers man. to me. Yeah, it's going to be. I don't, I don't know how long it would even take to balance Stasis in its current state for Crucible. Like, how many changes and how extensive would you have to make it? Which is why, like, just disabling it seems not that crazy of an idea given where we are. But I, I would, I would be very surprised if they actually did that. I, I think yeah. cop like in competitive modes, but should Stasis I, I, be disabled? That's the question for the panel, Paul. No, really. Do you think they should get rid of it in PvP? I think it's it's too early. I, it's it's still too early. I I know things are crazy and. But we, we need to see the full extent of, of how Stasis works with all the stuff unlocked. We need to see how, how people at least attempt to start reacting to it. So we could revisit this, I think, in a couple more weeks, but especially after Trials to see how that goes and see what the upper high-end meta is for that. But I, I'm not going to rule it out. I'm not going to say it's impossible because it, it, I do understand like how much of a nightmare it seems like right now. Yeah. Travis, what do you think? Should they take it out? I- I'm kind of on the same boat. Like, I, I don't think that they should just remove it from the game. I think that there are some Not from the game, just from or, Crucible. Sorry, fr- from Crucible. I yeah, don't think hard. that they should remove it from Crucible. Obviously not from the game. But, uh, yeah, my, my thinking is that there are some things they could do that would fix <clears throat> the immediately really bad stuff, like being frozen from your super and, like, the Warlock super being able to damage people through walls and kill people across the map and stuff like that. That sort of stuff it, is sort of, like, what Paul said, normal crucible problems. Like they could balance some of that stuff right away. Mm-hmm. But as to like the longer, is it fun to be frozen? Is it fair that somebody's stuck in place for five seconds? That sort of stuff. I think that's uh, that's a harder question to ask um, or to answer. Um, and I think maybe you know maybe if maybe in crucible, if you're frozen, you're only frozen for two seconds instead of five, and then it's more palatable. But something like that. All right, so moving on, we said we would talk about other things. Let's talk about the story. So I think we've all played through the campaign at this point. And um, yeah, Travis, what, what are your thoughts on the campaign? I have to write down a time code, so I'm a little distracted, sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, so the campaign, um, I'm trying not to go into spoilers here because I oh, yeah. don't so, want to it for people. So do me a favor. Just, just talk about your impressions of the campaign, you too, Paul. Uh, we don't want to talk about too many specifics. Be as vague as possible so that we're remaining spoiler-free for our audience. Many people are just getting their next-gen consoles right now. They probably haven't happened in Beyond Light. So uh, no spoiler warning. We're going we're gonna to keep it really vague. We're not going to talk about specifics. We'll, we'll be very general with our impressions. Yeah, I guess my my main thought is that it was a very strong story. I felt like I empathized with the villain and actually kind of felt bad for her, which is really cool because I've not really cared about a villain's motives in Destiny. They've always so far just been like, I want to kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, Gaul, Gaul had a little bit of depth, but I feel like Aramis had something that was much more sympathetic, um, which is really cool. But ultimately, my main concern with the campaign is that it feels like a side story that wasn't really involved in sort of the main conflict. And, you know, the beginning of the DLC starts out with uh, four planets have disappeared. We need to go to Europa and find out why. And you actually don't find out why. Uh, Yeah. Did they even flesh out? Sorry to interrupt you. So we had that end of season event and then Mm -hmm. the planets are just gone and it's never discussed really. I think there's one. 
It also isn't really discussed that the travelers healed. It's it's mentioned in that opening yeah. uh, monologue, but it's yeah, it's not really discussed. I have a brief answer for this. They, they they just dropped a big lore thing today, which is Osiris, and it's the beginning of the Osiris season of the hunt stuff, Crow, essentially. Yeah. And like they didn't super go into detail, but they did talk a lot about the missing planets and how everyone's sad. And they they mentioned something about how it's not just that they're gone; it's some sort of like dark anomaly void thing has like taken their place so they they talk about like how mars is gone but the moons of mars are still orbiting this like empty space like like at its gravity so they might just be in like a darkness shroud or something but again this is something like (laughs) bungie posted as more you have to read and like it's you're right. Yeah, it's, it like, it's like it's like it's like yeah, it's like expanded universe content. Even though it was like the co- the core concept, it was like the starting off point in that opening cutscene. Maybe, maybe like, oh, season of the point. hunt will get further into it. I, I don't know. Like it, I know that's like hive hunting and stuff, so maybe not. But yeah, there's just another problem with Destiny's uh, story just being really disjointed and having a lot of moving parts, and sometimes not all of them feeling like they're really connecting together in the same way that the campaign and the raid often feel disconnected. Now we have the campaign and the season pass having different stories that don't really connect to each other all that well, and, and it kind of leaves it leaves this campaign with Aramis feeling to me like a side quest, and the season of the hunt is sort of more the main mission, right? Like it's like, we're dealing with the darkness and the fact that these planets are gone. And then also, Hey, Aramis is doing some weird stuff on Europa. Go, go deal with that. That that's my main problem with it is is it does seem like a distraction. Paul, what what was your thoughts? um, Like start to finish of the campaign. Did you enjoy it? Let us know. I did enjoy it. Yeah. Overall. I think it's, it's definitely miles ahead of shadow keep. I don't know if it's necessarily better than, um, Forsaken, it is a little easier to follow, I think, than Forsaken with like, ah, Aldrin's a bad guy, but really he's like corrupted. He thinks he's seeing his dead sister, but it's a ta- it's an Ahamkara, but it's a taken Ahamkara. Like, this is a lot more straightforward. And I think they, they did a good job of setting up the narrative in a pretty simple way. Like where you don't need the whole, whole story of Destiny. Like you get kind of the bare bones, early facts that like the Fallen were abandoned by the Traveler. They're kind yeah. of out for revenge and like justice and they're embracing power and that is told like the, without getting into spoilers there's a cutscene that kind of explains the history of the fallen very well like we really don't get very you know lore related cutscenes like that very often and i thought sliding those in there um, they did a good job with i thought the development of the relationship between varix and aramis over the course of the campaign um, from start to finish was very interesting and i think they took varix uh, some interesting places I haven't fully finished all the Exo Stranger stuff. Like that's kind of a lot of that is centered on post campaign. Um, what? What's that face? Or just happy? It's a, it's a lot of story content, man. You're in for a treat. I mean, I'm 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 pretty deep into it, and I've seen some cool things. It's just, and I I did I read all the Clovis Bray lore and all that stuff. So like, you, yeah, you're in for a treat. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah. So if, if that that may be a good aspect of it too. Um, and I, the, the actual, if we're getting past plot to the actual missions, I thought the missions were very well done. Um, and I like the different boss fights they set up. Uh, they're, they're creative and, and kind of unique based on what we've seen before, except for getting frozen, which sucks. <laughs> um, the, the story mission they put attached to the Salvation Script quest, like the, the last mission of that was one of the funniest things I think they've ever done <laughs> without getting into <laughs> why that is. Like, it, it was just extremely well done. Uh, so I, I think that aspect of, of things is very 
good. I understand what you're saying about it kind of being a side story. And I kind of wish the darkness was more, more directly involved than they were, but I guess we'll, we'll see what happens with the seasonal stuff. Uh, there were a few it lines cool. that were pretty camp that I was like, Oh man, uh, there's one line where the, the main villain Aramis is like, I'm going to get you. And the ghost is like, no, you won't. And then that's it. it. That's the ending. And I was like, that's the best. <laughs> I like, were your writers in a rush? Cause I get to get like five better ways to come. <laughs> like there were so many opportunities. It was just like a missed opportunity in the scripting. And I, I was a little bummed out. What was that Paul? Just, there weren't enough ice puns. There should have been way more ice puns. Right. Really <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I think it's one of the better destiny stories told in game. I, I think Bungie's getting really, really good at sort of, crafting these narratives especially with the seasonal model and sort of teaching us about the world of destiny and telling just in game a fairly complete story that then if you want to dive in more you can dive into the lore the planet thing is definitely a problem that should have been addressed a little bit more in game i think because like hey those planets are gone i as a player assume they're dead they talk about sloan going down with the ship and stuff um, well, I mean, that's mentioned like on the radio or something. So I'm yeah. sorry if I spoiled like, anything. Like, no, it's mentioned in the opening cutscene as well. So oh, okay. Yeah. It's just, it's just a little <laughs> awkward that they, like, I appreciate them trying to write in the, the removing of, of vaulting of zones into mm -hmm. the story, but that creates a lot of problems when you do that. Like, so now it's like the main thing that happened, like this is the biggest deal to ever happen to the solar system. But the, it's not quite. And then, you know, they're going to come out of the vault whenever Bungie feels like it. And when they feel like they've refreshed that content or whatever, whenever that may be, if ever. So, like, how does that get then get written into the story, too? So it's it it solves some problems, like, narratively, but it kind of created some logistically. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they also, they could have just taken the destinations off of the map and not mentioned it and then the in-world explanation could have been oh they're still there we're just not visiting them anymore so they made a decision yeah. to make those planets disappear like they yeah. decided to make it a story so they have to kind of live with the consequences as far as i'm concerned of I, like you know the darkness took it i think through and through though i think the campaign and like the story that is told gets a big thumbs up from me um there are a few For lines sure. that i thought could have been you know, better delivered or not delivered. It was just, they were just scripted sort of odd and it stuck out to me for sure because it was just missed opportunities. But I really, really enjoyed this story. It was really, really cool to see it start to finish. It's book ended really well. Um, there's some cool stuff afterwards that you're not going to want to miss. And, and that's sort of my take on it. Would you guys agree? I, yeah, 100% agree. I have one major complaint of the actual story, because obviously there's a lot of stuff around the story it feeling like a side quest that I, I kind of already spoke on. But my problem with the actual story is that we've been setting up the darkness as like a villain for a really long time. And it sort of felt like us using the darkness should have been a little bit more core as like a conflict. And I know they spend a lot of time talking about it, but ultimately it sort of feels like a hand wave, like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. the darkness is bad, but whatever, we're gonna use it anyway. And maybe this will lead to our ruin, but like, whatever, <laughs> we're gonna do it. And like, that to me is like, the, the bro, like we've been talking about how the darkness is evil for so long. And now we're just mm -hmm. sort of going like, ah, forget what we've been telling you for six years. I guess it's kind of okay now. <laughs> right. My, my favorite thing is when you end the campaign and go to Zavala and he's like, 
uh, you know, I don't approve of your methods, but good job. He's like, but it's time to stop using the darkness now. And you're just like, okay, Zavala. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't give you an option to be like, it never comes okay, up again. You're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just sort of a funny design constraint. So, so that is our impressions of the story. Let's move on to sort of talk about some of the other smaller systems and just things that we enjoyed. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the Lost Sector rework, especially on Europa. The fact that there is actually story and narrative happening behind the scenes within the Lost Sectors, I absolutely love that. I really, really like how they've chained, the, chained them. Um, there's no boss melt strategy really in them anymore because you got to sort of clear them out. Then the boss appears and then you kill him. And then there's narrative actually tied to each of the lost sectors. So I, I recommend you actually complete the campaign because some of them are really, really interesting. So kudos there. Did you guys get to run any of the, the lost sectors in Destiny 2? Yeah. I really, really appreciate it. Many, like many times <laughs> so yeah. far. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they make uh, you the, run the frame one time. is really cool. Where you, you, where you free all the frames, then you have this army of frames marching with you. That, that was such... Mm -hmm. cool design like that really stood out to me because like i didn't understand what was going on i'm like oh they're on my team this is interesting because yeah. like that's never ever does stuff like that characters so, like, fighting exactly... alongside you pretty cool stuff yeah i mean they're not exactly super useful in combat like they yeah. just kind of stand in a circle and shoot the heads off all the vex so they come mm -hmm. charging at you but <laughs> but it's it's a cool setup and i i really appreciated kind of the design of that uh as something very unique yeah, yeah. That Travis? was without a doubt my favorite Lost Sector. I, I call that out in my review in progress. Like the Lost Sectors are on Europa. All three of them are like really solid. Like you said, they have story implications and they, for the most part, each of them has like a different kind of little twist, like how the, the frames help you in that one. But yeah, that, that frame uh, Lost Sector is definitely my favorite, my, my new favorite uh, Lost Sector because it actually feels like it's kind of like a little mini event, a little mini story mission. So. But that, that's something I wanted to mention just briefly is is the new actual mini events um, that they put in each of the three zones mm -hmm. where it's not quite a public event because it triggers whenever you have to go there for a mission objective, like the, the defend the conflicts thing, the get the ship free thing. I can't remember the third one, but like they're they're integrated into the story campaign and then you have to redo them if you want to farm empire hunts. So it, right. it, it's interesting. It's just kind of a, a curious new world activity that you don't have to wait around for like a public event and people will still probably help you with it either just because it's something to shoot or they also have that at the same time uh too so i i thought that was oh it's it's the patrols they drop a bunch of patrols and you have to kill a big boss um but that that was something interesting they haven't really done before other than like the enemies are moving against each other and that doesn't really serve a purpose it just kind of happens but i thought that was an interesting new type of activity. yeah so i i agree those are interesting i think they have done it before though because I, if I recall right, the Baron hunts sort of happen as in-world uh, events that anybody can help you with, right? Like if you, it, uh, back in Forsaken, if you were in the Tangled Shore and you were fighting like that bomb guy, I just remember like you would see the bombs pop up on yes. the Tangled Shore and you could come and help them out. So, so I, I think, uh, yeah, it, but I feel it like pretty, it's better. It's like, oh, someone happens to be in a story mission in this instance, it... I, that that felt more like incidental than like something they designed <laughs> yeah like a real reason to help them because like chances are you weren't also doing that you're you had already cleared that story mission but right. so it's kind of i think they kind of took that to the next level here yeah so we talked about the the campaign we talked about stasis and pvp but one thing we didn't talk about is just the stasis subclass in pve and the pve sandbox what what were your impressions uh of the stasis classes that you unlocked, I've gotten to try Warlock and Hunter, 
and each play very differently. I think for me, well, I'll sort of you guys first. Travis, what subclasses have you tried out? Have you tried them all or just one or two? And what are your impressions? Are there strengths and weaknesses with, with each? Yeah, so I've tried Warlock and Titan so far. I'm, I still need to do a recording playthrough, which I'm saving for my Hunter. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the my my impression so far is uh, Warlock is really broken in PvP, but it's a really fun <laughs> uh, super to use. Uh, the Titan one... Um, it's really, it's kind of interesting. It requires you to kind of rethink your, the way, cause I, you know, I play as a Titan 99% of the time and, uh, I'm used to lots of melee supers being like, you've got to kind of be in close range. And this is sort of a melee super that is medium range. Like your punches, you're not even really supposed to use them at short range. You kind of have to be medium range and it like pulls you toward them like a heat seeking missile, The Titan, um, which is a very... Yeah, the Titan. I'll, it, I'll the say Titan's this: the super. Titan's mobility is very impressive with that with that build. Yeah, it's really it's really cool. You can move around really fast, and then you're kind of striking at medium range with all of your uh, different abilities, which is it sort of requires you to check your mindset. Because at first, I wasn't wild about the super because I was trying to get close, like I was using Fist of Havoc, and then I realized, oh, you're not supposed to be close range. You're kind of you're kind of hitting from middle, and your your punches. You're sort of like throwing your melee at them, uh, which is uh, very interesting. But yeah, so far so good. Really excited to try out the Hunter because I've seen some stuff in PvP that makes me think it's kind of nasty. Uh, but you know, haven't haven't been able to try it myself yet. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, all of the subclasses are great. The new modification system is amazing. The aspects and fragments and the way that you unlock it over time by continuing to play. I've never been more incentivized to unlock something in Destiny than I am for fragments and aspects because that is like that's the ultimate currency, right? Like your your subclass abilities. So I'm I'm ex- extremely excited to grind for those. I actually feel like I will be logging on every week to grind for those. Um, so yeah, but I, I'm very happy with them in PVE. I think that they're in, they're uh, the way that they were deployed in PVP really needs some tweaking. But yeah, that they're they're so far I'm I'm absolutely loving it, and I love what they add to uh, the this sort of economy uh, in Destiny. I don't want to go last, so I'll go next. I've tried out <laughs> the the hunter, and I've tried out the warlock, and I think you're right. The warlock has a very very strong stasis subclass. It's really really fun to use. Basically, you shoot out these orbs, then you press the other one, and it detonates anybody that's frozen. Or if you hit a boss with all three, it does around thirty thousand damage, or at least it did yesterday. I don't know if that's been changed today because it seemed like it was doing less today. And they've been patching stuff in the background really really quickly, which has been impressive. So they definitely improved the engine. We didn't talk about the engine or the weather system and there's so much to go over but subclass wise warlock really strong uh hunter it, i don't like the hunters very much i think he has a really good melee attack but his core super just creates these like areas that will slow people down and it will eventually freeze them if they stay in it too long which which often happens I think when you pair it against something like a projectile that will seek people (laughs) and freeze them and then allow you to explode them versus, oh, well, he threw it there. I'm not going to go over there. You know, uh, it just doesn't doesn't compare. It pales in comparison to what the warlock is able to do. So uh, in PVE, both are pretty fun. It's. The Hunter subclass is very good for ad control. Uh, the Warlock subclass is really good for ad control and DPS. Uh, both both work really well in PvE. 
And then, uh, yeah, I think that's basically my tech. I haven't tried out the Titan yet. I'm really excited to try out the Behemoth. I think that will be a ton of fun. It takes some getting used to, but it's really fun. Yeah. Paul? All right. Um, <laughs> I've done the Warlock and the Titan. Uh, I, have, I have not even started my Hunter playthrough yet. And I'm, I'm pretty deep into both now. Uh, it's it's interesting because it's it's been a learning experience in a lot of ways. So like you start out with the the wall ice grenade, and you're like, okay, like am I using this for like for protection? Like is that is that the main thing? You're like oh no, okay, if I throw it close enough to them, it'll hit them and freeze them. And then you go on and play more. You're like, oh wait, but if I if I shoot the ice crystals, <laughs> the ice crystals will blow up and kill the things behind it. And then on Titan, you you will eventually unlock. Uh, a sliding skill that shatters crystals by itself and you're like oh okay so i throw the wall down in front of enemies slide through it explode everything and like this is these are the moments where it starts to really come together and like okay i i I get how this is designed and like the titan super 2 you know i kept trying to use it uh like fist of havoc but what i found at least in pve is you're you're what you should kind of be doing is smashing down and making all these glaciers everywhere. Once you like 20 glaciers, then you just smash through all of them and the shards just kill everything that way. Um, and it, it's, you kind of have to rethink how you're, um, you know, working on some of this stuff based on, on the past supers, which are just like, eh, damage or a buff that gives you more gun damage. That's pretty a little more it. tactical. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, that's, this that's been super interesting for me. Also, the fact that each has sort of a unique strategy as opposed to just, well, like there were always subtle tweaks you could do in the subclasses, but mm-hmm. now it's just like each one, there's definitely a way you're supposed to use it. Sorry, Paul. Yeah. I'm well I, now though, I'm starting to run into a bit of frustration with some of the fragment quests where I pick the strike ones and it's like, <laughs> kill majors and bosses with stasis damage and then like kill champions with stasis damage and like stasis is not like the highest damage of supers like it's not that's not something you would normally uh you know consider like your dps thing it's it's mostly about crowd control like you can get some good damage on it depending but with bosses especially it's kind of weird because like you don't really know like can this boss be frozen solid like is it good enough if he's just like covered in ice like should i shatter him like it gets very confusing and there's no stasis weapons. So like anything that's like solar kill a major or something, it's like, okay, I'll use whatever rocket launcher or subclass I want. This it's like you have self agents grip and your subclass and you're, you're often fighting for these kills with, with people you're in a strike with. So like, I'm starting to like lose my mind (laughs) trying to get some of these like champion kills and stuff. And I've heard that like, maybe if you freeze an enemy and then finish them, with a neutral finisher that counts. <laughs> so like it's, it's getting into really nitty gritty territory. So other, but like it's, it's fun. It just, when you start telling me to kill bosses with stasis damage, it's like, okay, well, that so hold on to your super until he's low, then yeah. hit him with stasis. <laughs> doesn't do any damage. It just freezes mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, any other thoughts on, on the subclasses I have, we could talk about the world of Europa next. Yeah, nope. I'd love to talk about the yeah. world of Europa. My, I guess my only other comment on subclasses is, Bungie, if you're listening, please do it to the other classes as soon as possible. Because <laughs> boy, I'm, I'm oh, very yeah. curious if, if that is happening. Because we've also it's been heavily they, they said it doing is two more darkness. Well, they're, they're also doing two more darkness subclasses. So like, are they gonna are they gonna be able to design this full customization system for six subclasses over the next like two years? Like that's 
ambitious for character. Well, they don't have to least. consider PvP anymore because it's a disaster. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let Let's move on and talk just about sort of the world of Europa and and that experience. For me, I have wanted to see Europa since the concept art has revealed. It has been one of my most desired places to explore and experience, and I, I was not let down. I had an absolute blast playing through Europa. I love exploring the different areas. They've improved the lost sectors. They've basically taken everything that they've learned and everything that we've asked for and made improvements within the Europa landscape. What do you guys think? Travis? Uh, yeah, I would generally agree. I would say the one thing that is sort of already getting on my nerves, as I expected it might in Europa, is the weather. Uh, it was really <laughs> cool during the campaign when they used it, but now that I'm running around and doing patrol missions and public events that I've already done a hundred times, uh, it's sort of like, or sorry, pu public events. Yeah, it, it, it's sort of like, all right, well, now there's just like a gust of wind that can't, now I'm having trouble finding the next like fallen extraction point or, you know, whatever, whatever you're, it is that you're doing. Um, but other than that, I mean, the lost sectors are great. Um, the areas are really big. I love uh, how deep you can get into like the uh, the Kel, uh, or sorry, not Kel, the um, the fallen ship that you go to. Uh, yeah, that's kind of northmost point. I love like how involved and, and complicated that is. Uh, and the Vex areas and the Bray exoscience area. I feel like every little limb you can go off into has a ton of of, of, of stuff to explore and discover there, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's sort of my feedback now. But what I'm worried about is how long are they going to be able to stretch this out? Like how how long are they going to be able to make me to want to be on Europa? Because I worry that we're going to run out of things to do. I'm sort of already out of things to do on Europa, to be honest, at least for this week. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm just interested to see uh, how, how long this goes. Paul, what are your thoughts? Um. On the surface, like if you're above ground in Europa, I think it's like, okay, um, Bungie is kind of known for their big skyboxes and like all these impressive sites. And like, for the most part, it's kind of just when the weather's clear, it's like sky and the pyramid and Jupiter. Um, so it's kind of just, there's nothing too crazy, you know, for skybox wise this time when you're on the surface. And there are these kind of vast ice blank areas, which makes sense for the planet, but it's also sometimes not the most like super involved design they've ever done uh and then when the weather's you know bad you can't see anything at all so it's just you know it's, it's much different and uh but the, i think it really shines once you get underground the clovis bray facility is fantastic like uh that that is a very very cool place to explore and like all the exo corpses everywhere i do like the the i think it's a city is i don't know if it's a ship or a city the fallen city um i do not like <laughs> like i'm becoming to hate it because there's no fast travel point anywhere near there and so you start all the way down to barracks and have to go through like five different zones every time it sends you there which is all the time uh i think i finally know that place like the back of my hand at this point because of how many <laughs> missions and elevators i've gone up and down there um yeah, it's 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 a good zone. The lost sectors are are fantastic. I, I I'm kind of mixed on the weather system. It it doesn't happen often or long enough where I really think it's something bothersome. And I'm more interested to see how it would be implemented on other planets where it's not just like whiteout conditions. It's like oh, here's a thunderstorm and the EDZ. Like I, I think there's a lot of cool things you could do with it. So I'm curious to see you know what they think this experiment sort of showed them and 
if they're going to bother implementing that in other zones, old, old or new. Yeah, um, I like it. I think I'm definitely in love with the idea that we get to explore this ice-covered planet that I have been wanting to explore since I saw it in the concept art. And just having a blast seeing what the the team has managed to accomplish because there are points where you can literally stop and be like, that's the concept art. And for me, like from an art perspective, I am just blown away with what they've managed to do. When you start implementing the, the gameplay impressions, I agree on the weather system. I don't particularly enjoy it. But from a technical perspective, I'm like, holy crap, that is incredibly <laughs> cool. So it's, it's sort of interesting to separate those two things, right? Gameplay-wise... They must have had a real challenge figuring out, okay, we have this cool weather system thing. You know, how do we make it work without impacting the player too much? And on the gameplay side, I think I think they do often obscure your vision too much to the point where like, all right, well, I can't snipe that guy anymore, but perhaps intentionally to give you that new challenge. Um, yeah, so it's sort hey, of- At least the weather doesn't freeze you. <laughs> it does not freeze you, True. but it sort of pushes bet, around I your sparrow. I they talked about that at one point, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll go into my inventory to change my equipment and then when I come out, I'll be like idling on my sparrow and then the weather will push me off <laughs> to like some corner. And I'm like, Oh, how did I get here? <laughs> One aspect you call out in your review, Travis, you actually call out the new enemies. And that's actually a really, really good note. I, I would love to just talk about a little more. Why don't you tell us about the new enemies and what they've done here? Cause it's not a whole new class, but I, I really like what they, they have actually yeah. added. Yeah, so what they've done is they've fleshed out the existing sort of uh, enemy factions, uh, mainly the Vex and the Fallen. There's not a ton of new enemies, but the ones that they add are, are pretty cool. Um, on the Vex side, I'm forgetting the name of the creature, but it's like those walking, they, they look like walking is it, carpets. Is it Metal Gear? A Wyvern? A Wyvern, thank yeah. you. Wyvern. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it. But. They're really, really interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're terrifying. Those things are horrifying they just yeah. murder you yeah there's like no crit <laughs> so spot. do the bigger breaks too though <laughs> yeah yeah the crit there's, spots like below the eyes they they sort of have the creamy the center eyes, but, I, but yeah i think it only comes out when they're damaged enough and then you can also shoot them on the back i think to get a crit spot. part of them yeah, are immune like their wings are immune or something yes yeah. Yeah. yeah there's there's some weird like rules i'm still figuring out with those things but yeah they're uh they're they're pretty interesting and their melee is basically a one-hit kill because if it doesn't hit you direct on and kill you it knocks you so far that your chances of survival are pretty slim so that is really irritating me especially when i was doing the uh, glassway strike and i was way lower power level than i should have been those things were were a nightmare uh to beat but yeah those are really fun and then on the fallen side they've got briggs uh which are the new uh mechs that walk metal around gear. and I just metal say Metal Gears, Gear. Yeah. I'm like, ah, metal, metal Gear. Gear. Every time they that, pop that on. Metal Gear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which are really cool. And then um, I think, is is there, I'm forgetting something on the Fallen side, aren't I? There's more than just that. I don't think so. Let me just, think. There's Briggs and there's I mean, Wyverns. There's two majors that are like the, the sniper captains that I think they can use Have stasis power, sometimes yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Okay. kind of new. They're like yeah. the technocrats assistants or something like that. That's right. And, yeah, yeah. Technocrat something. And the Briggs, they're largely inspired by the boss from uh, what's the one where you get Scourge Anarchy. of the Path. Scourge, yeah, sorry. Scourge. Um, How did you do it 50 times? They're more, the they're more dangerous than the Scourge boss, honestly. They're freaking, whatever. It's literally called like a death cannon or something. And like, <laughs> 
hovering yeah. and it shoots you and you can't hit you and then it blows up again if you don't get out of the area like one of the hardest fights in the game in the campaign when i was kind of under leveled was it was like a boss brig in this tiny arena and like you could not avoid those like fire cannon blasts it was it was crazy so i hopefully there's not a ton of those in the raid or something but. yeah I, I do get a uh, pretty hard time from commenters and stuff for not remembering the specific names of stuff. And that's because I just come up with my own names for things <laughs> and, and sort of just like use that with my friends and often will forget the official name, like the toaster. What's that? Everybody knows what the toaster is, right? Yeah. So like I just call it the toaster. Like and and the community sort of picks that up. The Briggs, I call them Metal Gears. And then I forget the real name and then I do this show. And anyway, point is about the, the new characters. Um I think they're pretty interesting. I like that they happen in the open world. And it's pretty fun to sort of encounter these these large enemies that you have to do a duel with. Um Paul, do you like the new enemies? Do you have any thoughts about that they've included them? Yeah, I do. I mean one, one thing I was kind of curious to see, like, I wasn't really expecting there to be, like, brand new enemy types, first of all, until we start seeing glimpses of them in the trailer. But Because, like, I remember when the first screenshots of Beyond Light came out, and we saw, like, I still had these in my press kit. It's, like, fallen enemies that are, like, covered in crystals. And we're like, okay, this is going to be, like, a frozen <laughs> faction of the fallen, and they're going to, like, have their abilities modified, like, taken. But that didn't happen. Like, there's still all, all of the Fallen outside of, I think, two of them, the two new ones we mentioned, are the same. They're just wearing, like, jackets. <laughs> and the screenshots we saw were what they look like when we freeze them. <laughs> like, that's that's different. So, I, well, I wasn't expecting, like, a darkness race or anything like some people were. I thought we were going to see kind of a more modified faction of the Fallen than we got. Um, I, I do like the new enemies. I think they're cool. It was just a little surprising to play through the campaign and be like, oh no, they're, they're never going to give all the fallen stasis. Like, I think there's a mission where we, we shut down the ability to give her followers stasis. Yep. So the regular fallen, so the regular fallen just dress differently uh, outside of these two enemies. So like, I don't, you know, it, it's fine. Like I understand their, their constrictions, but I do also think like the big darkness arrival moment, everyone thought, you know, two years since scorn, maybe, maybe we are getting a new race. <laughs> still hasn't happened and at this point i don't i don't know when it would happen so yeah that might just not lightfall 2022 <laughs> sure <laughs> uh there's actually some stuff on the runner show that just popped into my head that we haven't talked about did you guys play gambit i did yeah yeah we have the new mode of gambit i see what they've done i still don't story. like it's shorter it's shorter you can do damage to the boss faster um i think they made some smart improvements i hope th that we just stay with this version of gambit you can still farm it pretty well uh you can get through it pretty quick travis what were, what were your thoughts uh, getting to experience this i don't like gambit <laughs> all right paul that's it the end okay um yeah i've I've been putting off my... The reason I'm not further in the Exo Stranger quest is because I, I don't want to do three Gambit stasis-focused matches. Like, I just don't feel like it. Um, they go by pretty quick. I, it's fine. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it just... It seems like an afterthought now. Like, they've reduced it so much. It is literally just one mode and four maps, I think. And all the roles are gone. And so it's just kind of like, uh, we sort of modified the primeval system. Like, there's a couple sets of envoys now. Moats drain... 
like that's kind of it. Like I, I've been playing against people that have some new boss bursting strategy in this new mode that you just it's instant and it's, I, ca- I it's called a sword. What is it? <laughs> it's called a sword. Sword. Oh, I, I maybe maybe this is still you know quadruple falling yeah. again, but yeah. I, I thought maybe there was bugged bugged wither horde was melting bosses and you know a second or something, but I just oh I don't in really a second. Okay, no, I, I don't know about that. You can melt I, them pretty I, I quick don't really though. Know the gambit or like what their plan is for it. Like it's it's just been reduced so small now. Like are they going to do another season of the drifter and give us like three new gambit maps and you know, all these big gambit reworks and stuff? Like I, it's just very hard to see that happening. And gambit is. It's it's okay. Like I don't think it's as bad as is it's memed to be, but it does not seem like these changes have made it more important, no. <laughs> certainly than it was before. And I, so I'm I'm curious where it goes from here. I think Gambit is what it is. I think they have the best version of Gambit. I, I actually do think this is the best merging of the the two modes that they possibly could have done. And I think Gambit. Like, I don't know what they would do to improve it or change it. I hope that's not the focus of a whole expansion. That would be a huge bummer. Like, um, retroactively, just thinking about that being the only thing, it was really cool for maybe half of that season when it was first revealed. And and now I'm just like, okay, I'm over Gambit. Like, I, I had my time with Gambit. It's, it's sort of fun. I guess for new players, they get to experience that. But it's in the best place it could be. And we'll see. We'll see where it goes from there. Travis, do you actually want to elaborate on your thoughts? Otherwise, I have one more thing I want to throw your guys' way. Yeah, I mean that's basically it. I, I've played a quite a bit of it. I, I'm surprised how little stasis impacts Gambit's interplay because there's not a whole lot of PvP and the PVE, at least in my. I mean, you've never had trouble melting ads uh, in Gambit, so stasis. I mean, you can really do some crazy chain shattering, like. That's true. I, clearing thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess my issue is that gambit matches last so a short amount of time that I I rarely get my super before it's time to it, uh, kill the taken boss. And by it's then, probably because you have garbage really gear on. That, like, that could be it. Yeah. I do have like blue and purple gear, so maybe maybe I'll get it faster. But yeah, match matches go by so quick. I usually get my super right after the boss is summoned, and by then you're not really trying to use stasis. You know, you're trying to just melt the boss. So yeah, um, yeah I. I I, I'm very, I'm very concerned at the fact that Gambit seems to be one of these three pillars that Destiny's leaning on, and Crucible is already broken, and Gambit is completely uninteresting. They've clearly basically shelved it more or less. They've done some some basic tweaks, but clearly not put a lot of love into it. So now it's just strikes that you've played a hundred times, and then hopefully the raid and the seasonal content. But yeah, there, there's I have I have some worries about those three pillars because of how crucible is right now. And, and with Gambit not being super enjoyable Gambit's there, it's interesting. PVP is in a damage state. I would say right now that th- either we need to figure out as players or Bungie needs to tweak on their side with how long you're frozen and stuff like that. Uh, the final thing I wanted to bring up was actually the leveling system. They've changed how what's powerful, what's pinnacle and, and how you get your drops. So Travis, how has leveling been from you and what's your experience been like sort of climbing climbing the rungs this time? Yeah, um, I'm doing pretty well. I think I've put like 50 hours into the game so far, um, mostly on my Titan character. And my Titan character, I think, is 1221 base or something like that, mm-hmm. or maybe 1222 or something like that. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm getting up there. I don't think I'm going to have a lot of trouble reaching 1230 in time for the raid. Although yeah. you got to keep in mind, 
your artifact power is not taken into account, so you need to get there just with your gear. Um, I am running out of ways to power up this week, except except for um, you know random drops. So I think I'll probably keep playing uh, as much as I can over the weekend, and then Tuesday is going to be uh, the most important day because that's going to be the day where I have to push and get the uh, the all the drops that I need and, and be twelve thirty base with the equipment that I want to use uh, for the raid. So they so on that note, they've changed a few things. Like you get. If you equip your ghost properly, you can equip it for a ton of XP gains. You can equip it for more legendary drop chances in PvP or strikes or whatever you happen to be playing. So do not sleep on fully masterwork your ghost as soon uh, as you can. I didn't know that. Yeah, you you, you <laughs> can do plus six <laughs> and it's like thirty percent XP, or you can uh, do like plus four for the XP, and then you can do a plus six, which is like a huge boost to your drops in whatever mode you happen to be playing. Far and away, the best way to farm to get powerful gear is playing competitive PvP. It gives yep. tremendous boost. The first game I did on my main character, I got four powerful drops. Four. And and that that was just absolutely nuts to do that in in one game basically of PvP and rank up for the first time with with the ghost enhancement of course. Uh, yeah. The only things that are pinnacle are the three strikes, three gambit, and three crucible, and the hundred thousand k nightfall strikes. That's all. That's pinnacle. Everything else is powerful now. So there's no raid that the you raid, can the do. The raid will be. The raid will be when it's out next Saturday. But for the first two weeks of Destiny 2, we do not have a raid that we can use to power up. But I do think that these strikes and PvP experience have definitely offset that. Uh, Trials is delayed until the 21st. No raid until you know Saturday. And we don't have any word on the first Iron Banner yet. So that's my big long spiel about what's going on in the leveling system. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. Don't sure. sleep on those ghosts, Paul. My recommendation is, you know, I have like four ghosts, one for each activity, so I've got a crucible. Oh, that's ghost. good. I forgot ghost. about the masterwork slot where it doesn't like because I don't even think you can see the mods for it until Correct. you masterwork it. So I just haven't done that yet. But now that you say it, that, yeah, I'm gonna go. It, I'm gonna go do that. It's not expensive either. It actually only costs the the yellow shards. I can't remember what they're called off the top of my head. Because enhancement course. Well, I yeah. really forgot the name of everything. Not huh? not what, the prisms. Not the name? prisms. Not the ascendant shards. Not the, yeah, enhancement yeah, course. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Sees. Anybody who yeah. nitpicks you over forgetting names in Destiny needs to cool it. No true about, Destiny fan. About nine hundred. <laughs> yeah. Names from things, and some of their names have changed. Remember, enhancement cores were called something else. Who even remembers yeah. what that was? Um, I, I predict we're going to get yelled at if we don't at least touch on sunsetting, and I think it's sort of instructive that we haven't mentioned loot at all <laughs> throughout this entire discussion uh, yet, because uh, I know a lot of people are not super thrilled uh, about Ignore what it, I'm but... typing. That's for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just say we're ending the podcast. No, no, right. in here. We, we program I for just, OTT. I think, it's yeah. like it's, I think we're just seeing how sunsetting actually feels in practice now that it's finally arrived. And it is, at least for me, kind of worse than I thought it would be. Um, oh, really? You don't say. Tell me more. Okay. 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 <laughs> to be fair, I thought there was good. I didn't know they were going to raise the bottom minimum power to 1050 or do things like make the strike playlist 1100. Where it's like, oh, well, you could at least use these weapons in here and there, and like, but you can't really. Like, hey, do you remember when you, you can... went to the vendor and just picked up Redrick's broadsword and didn't do a damn thing? 
that was cool. Yep. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I mean, they took away like 70% of, of guns and just, I mean, I, I do like the guns I have seen so far. Like it's still early, so we haven't gotten too many yet, but man, there is a lot of stuff missing and it's not just for like trials and stuff. It's like every, literally everything on Europa, even like lost sectors in, in the Cosmodrome are, are over, uh, you know, pretty far over the power cap or the, the soft power. So it's, it's very extensive. And I, I wrote an article about this today, but I, I just think they went a little far and they should have kept a little, you know, a few more things like pretty <coughs> machine guns, shadow keep expansion. Yeah, no, that's again, there was a bounty on Europa to get machine gun kills. And I had either <laughs> exotics, Xenophage, Thunderlord, yeah. or I had seven Seraph saw, which I don't even think you can farm anywhere anymore. And it doesn't drop from anywhere. Was Thunderlord a drop ever, it, or was it only available during that that one window of time? They made it a drop, right? They made it a they made it yeah. a drop eventually. Yeah. And Air Apparent was briefly it. available to pull. Oh yeah, Air Apparent too. Briefly. Yeah. yeah. Like legendary machine gun that is not sunset. There is one. And they like they added two machine guns here. There's one in the raid, and you can there's actually a really good one you can get from Empire Hunts. But like again, I was looking at my vault and I have like eight machine guns that all have like the <laughs> inverted symbol. And it's just it's just gone. And Another thing is I thought they would reissue more weapons. So I, I thought the pool would get bigger because like they did in, in pretty much all the past seasons, they would reissue weapons. It doesn't seem like they reissued any weapons, which I was very surprised to see. They did a couple pieces of armor, but that's not the problem. So I, I don't know why that happened and why they didn't, you know, take some of the older favorites. Like I thought for sure, like bygones and things like that would yeah. be reissued this season. Nothing. There's nothing reissued. It's it's the same world loop pool. So I I don't know what the deal is there, but it's not amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was really worried about machine guns because during that one season that everybody I think didn't really like with the Terra towers. That's when I played Destiny the least. I just did not enjoy that season, so I never actually got the machine gun. Oh no! Um, so I have <laughs> I can only use exotic machine guns or the new one that I just got to at the end of the campaign. So here I am running around with Thunderlord trying to kill everything, you know, to get my machine gun kills which is fine but i'm just like how, how did how did you take out an entire class of weapons like just all of them not, i can't use any of them they're not even like op or anything like why didn't one get grandfathered in anyway travis any thoughts on sunsetting yeah i mean the the thing is i've been so focused on the loot grind i've not really been worrying about my equipment but I think once I, you know, once we start reaching sort of end game and we're settling in on the weapons we're using, this is going to be a huge uh, point of contention. Hopefully, uh, trials weapons, the adept weapons that are coming, will alleviate some of that because I think those will probably be our go-to's for people that can stomach that. And then also may maybe the raid will introduce some weapons that will hopefully give us a bigger loophole and Iron Banner. So I think they have some stuff coming where we'll see a lot of new weapons coming in. But yeah, you're expecting I, Iron Banner weapons. <laughs> I'm expecting that they'll give us at least one or two weapons that are yeah. at current power level uh, uh, kind of caps. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm hopeful that they'll fix it. But yeah, right now it is pretty slim. I haven't really even dug into like looking at that yet. Cause I'm just using whatever has the highest power, man. Like I'll just equip yeah. sidearm or whatever. And I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm trying to get to 1230, but yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been odd so far. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, I think we've covered the, the gamut of, of destiny Two topic topics for beyond light. Sorry for the word word flub there. But anyway, 
yeah, I'm enjoying it. I do like it. I'm very concerned about PvP to the point that I almost think they need to introduce at least a mode that allows you to do your things without stasis available. I love Destiny PvP, and I think stasis changes, changes it so substantially that it will just never be the same again after this. Maybe intentionally, but I, I've loved PvP, even when it was double primary system, and it wasn't like the most favorable thing. There were like modes that were greatly affected by that, but uh, the momentum and especially like with how last season everything was so fast and momentum-based and skill-based, it just felt like it was in such a good spot. And then they introduce just a, a power that stops you. I really hope that they introduce at least at least a PvP mode that says, okay, old school, old school only, no, no uh, supers. Any, any final thoughts? Travis? He's Zavala's mode. He doesn't let you use the power of the darkness. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> I actually, yeah, that's a good lore explanation. Uh, I don't know. I'm off to Masterwork some ghosts, I guess, and uh, <laughs> finish don't out the Exo Stranger stuff. But. Paul, uh, thank you, as always, for joining us. Where can people find you and your your work and everything? Uh, just Google me for my articles. <laughs> I'll show up on Forbes and I'm at Potassi on Twitter. I'm Paul Tassi on YouTube. I've been making a lot more Destiny videos now that Beyond Light is here. So every couple of days for that. Cool. Travis? I'm on Twitter at, at TyGuyTravis, and uh, you can read my review in progress of uh, Destiny, 2 for, um, Destiny 2 Beyond Light. almost said Forsaken for some reason. Uh, <laughs> you can read that uh, later today. It'll be on IGN.com, and then the full review uh, probably the day after the raid comes out. Great. Well, that was all our, our impressions. Thank you so much for joining us. But until next time, everybody, Guardians, Guardians out. out. Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Ever since I was born, I could hear the spirits of the other world. Where old stories take on a new life. If you break even one of these conditions, the consequence is death. And the world is teeming with possibilities. It's midnight, girls! They're here! Get ready to change! Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz! <laughs> Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with as you've never heard them before. You are no more than a demon! Okay, Gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales.